welcome to another edition of the Brief Talk podcast. We have a brief tale from someone who I've been chatting with for a while, and we got him on, and he has his own YouTube channel. We want to welcome Eric to the show. Welcome. Yay, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. You may know his channel on YouTube or also on Instagram because he's on the Instagram at mensunderwearguide.com and his blog. I forgot about the blog. Welcome to the show. Another blogger and underwear content creator. Yay. Yeah, no, I'm super excited to be on. So I love the podcast, love your thing. So good to have you on i like having other content creators on who do something different and fun and i was telling andrew the other day which whose podcast will come out right before this one that it's good to have different points of view different things out there there's so much room for everyone to share their love that it's we should all be collaborative and share everyone and promote everyone but that's just my opinion yeah, no, 100%. Because underwear guys are amazing and fun and the best people around. I'm just yeah. saying. So for those of you not familiar with your blog or YouTube channel, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Yeah, so I'm Eric. I, um, I run the blog mensunderguide.com. I'm also on YouTube and Instagram at mensunderguide. So very easy to find me. Otherwise, you know, I... Um, for fun, I love to travel, love aviation. I'm a huge like airplane geek. I have a day job, so this isn't my full-time thing. And yeah, I mean, I really love talking about underwear. <laughs> oh, good things. Okay, I have to ask, since you said you're an aviation geek, what's your favorite what's your favorite airplane? Oh, that's a great question. So I would say for a long time it's actually the 767, which is kind of okay. weird. No one <laughs> No one really talks about it, but I I think visually the 767 just looks really nice. Other than that, I'd probably say my favorite plane to be on was the A380. I've been on it twice on the upper deck um, with British Airways, and I just had a really fun time, especially because the way that they had their seat configuration is that in the way back of the upper deck, there's a small economy section, and it's like a two, I think it's like a 252 layout. So my husband and I were able to get the two seats by the window, and it was just like, wow, this is super cool. Also, nice. it's kind of weird, like, when you're on the runway and, like, taxiing, like, you can feel that you're higher <laughs> than when you're in other planes, which is a little scary, but also really cool. But, yeah, I'd say definitely 767 is my, my favorite plane to, to look at. Maybe followed nice. by the 30 <laughs> See, my plane that I'm obsessed with is the Concorde. Oh, yeah. Even though it's not around any longer, but that that's my favorite. Never flew it, but you know, love it. And always reading up on new supersonic yeah. planes that are supposedly coming out and I'm not holding my breath anytime soon. But enough of the geek. I'll I'll have to send you the picture I'm drawing of the previous Atlanta Hartsfield terminal. Oh wow. The, yeah. the old one that I've been working on for about two weeks now. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. I'll share, I'll share that afterwards. But enough people are going, oh, this is underwear, not aviation. <laughs> Sorry, people. You'll just have to deal with it. 
it's my podcast, so I'm going to ask some questions. So, yes, I'm a little bit of an aviation geek myself, though. So. Well, we need to talk more about that then, so, so offline. We'll talk offline because I know you people are like, get to the underwear. Shut up about the planes. We don't care. Unless you're talking about flying in your underwear, which would be interesting. But Well, yeah. actually, it's interesting you bring that up because I do have, like, different underwear that I think is better for flying. Like, I actually kind of plan these things out. And for me, like, I get really cold on planes, especially for sitting by the window. And I usually like to sit by the window, if not the aisle. Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, I try to either wear boxer briefs or long leg boxer briefs to just try to provide warmth, you know. So Interesting. Yeah, so I actually do, I do plan those things out. <laughs> See, I just wear whatever. I, I sit by the window. I'm a window person, so I have to sit by the window. And I get rowdy when I'm not by the window. So oh, it's yeah. like, because uh, I had a fly business trip once and it was, they put me, they put me in an aisle and I'm just like, y'all want to die. <laughs> I'm just saying, y'all just want to die. So yeah, I'm a window person 100%. Um, but yeah, but back to our underwear questions. Yes. So when did you first discover your love of underwear? Because you had to, have a moment where you're like, hmm, yeah. what is that? So I'm one of the people that, that are going to say puberty, um, you know. And I think, yeah, I mean, I hit puberty kind of early, actually. You know, I, I actually had facial hair in elementary school. Wow. Yeah. I got made fun of quite a bit for it, though. So that was unfortunate. I actually, I mean, honestly, like I got made fun of a lot throughout school, but, you know, really during puberty, I just started noticing, you know, waistbands basically, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, it, I didn't really realize at the time, of course, you know, what was going on. It was just kind of something that I was like, wow, this is interesting, but I didn't really understand it. And, you know, of course, like a lot of other guys listening in on your podcast you know there's always the underwear section you know at department stores there were the weekly ads i think one of your uh guests recently was talking about this uh, looking through like the the coupons and the the ads that came out in the newspaper mm -hmm. uh, you know i was one of those people on sunday that you know tried to really secretly discreetly <laughs> look through that you know see what was being advertised, he was on sale, you know, that, that's really when it really was something I noticed. But again, I never understood what was truly going on. Right. And I didn't actually come out some gay in case anyone wasn't sure. I didn't really come out until college. And that's when I think maybe I'd say like phase two of my underwear interest really took off. Whereas before, it was kind of this thing that, like, I was aware about, I found interesting, but I didn't acknowledge it. I didn't recognize it. Once I came out, and especially once I met my husband, like, changed into this thing, like, wow, yeah, you know what? I'm really going to embrace it. I'm going to, you know, buy my own underwear. I, I can now, and I can do whatever I want. And yeah, I actually really care now about the different styles, the different underwear that I wear. Whereas before, you know, I was a guy, I basically wore boxers throughout middle school, high school, 
even college, they were like Hanes boxers, you know, Iris is that kind of guy. Oh, no. Yeah. No, that you, was me. <laughs> you had to be saved. Yes. I, 100%, you know, I, and I look back on that. I'm like, what was I doing? But, you know, at the, again, at the time, I just didn't have, it's basically a situation like you don't know what you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't aware. I wasn't exposed, you know, in, even in like high school, for example, there wasn't really anyone who was out. You know, there were a couple of guys that mm-hmm. people had suggestions about or thoughts about, but of course they were always made fun of, right? So that was my, you know, basically my perspective on gay guys, right? And of course I was straight, 100%, right? Oh uh, yeah, um, we, were, we were all straight back then. Yeah, yeah, so I was 100% straight, you know, I, and like the whole thing was just so foreign to me. And yeah, so it was completely different, you know, really coming out in college, I think completely changed obviously me as a person, but it definitely changed my look and feelings towards men's underwear. Nice. Do you remember the first good pair of underwear you bought? Uh, yes, I do. Um, maybe my husband even remembers it, but you know, it was shortly after I met my husband actually. And we've been together 12 years, I think now 12. Yeah. Awesome. Um, our anniversary of the last month, but I don't know the day. We just say it's our anniversary month. But anyway, <laughs> so shortly after I met him and I bought these Calvin Klein boxer briefs because I really wanted to invest in Like, again, my under collection at the time was basically Kane's boxers, okay? It wasn't anything to, to look at. And I just wanted to buy something really nice, right? That I could feel good in, look good in, impress him he would enjoy and at the time you know what else would i have chosen other than calvin klein right so i bought these calvin klein box of briefs it was from amazon and i remember getting them and putting them on and i'm like wow like this is real underwear Mm -hmm. This this is like a whole other level and my husband at the time, he was like, yeah, you know what? You should definitely buy more microfiber Calvin Klein boxer briefs. So that's what I did. Like I just started buying them, buying them from Amazon. We bought them in the store and I was getting like quite a good collection of, of just these microfiber Calvin Kleins. And it was great. And like, it just completely transformed again, the way that I looked at under because I'm like, wow, you know, yeah, it's, it's more pricey. It's more expensive. But this is this is really comfortable. <laughs> like this mm-hmm. is feel good. He enjoys it, and like I feel really good in it. So it's hundred percent worth it. So yeah. So that that was really like my first time. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I truly bought underwear with intention, and not just like pulling things off the shelf because I need it, right? And and I felt really good about. Awesome. And then you got these great microfiber boxer briefs and how did your love grow from there did you branch out into other styles did you try new things how did your journey progress from those so it went in a couple different ways so you know we're still again talking like maybe five to ten years ago right and i was a hundred percent a boxer briefs guy okay 
I may have bought new under new brands, new styles, whatever, but it was always boxer briefs, nothing else, no chunks, no reason, no nothing. And, you know, with that, I did, I really, I actually just bought more Calvin Klein, to be honest. I did branch into new fabrics. So the first thing I did after like the, my microfiber collection or phase, if you will, is I branch out into modal or modal. I don't even mm-hmm. know how to pronounce it. Like people pronounce it different ways. Either way. Yeah. Um, so again, it was these Calvin Klein modal box briefs. And I was like really impressed because, you know, one of the things that changed from like going from like Hanes to Calvin Klein was going essentially from these like 100% cotton, 100% polyester brand like pairs into something that felt really nice. And I didn't know about mobile, but I was like, you know, what is it like cotton or something? But it wasn't. And mm-hmm. to this day, you know, I still have a lot of those Calvin Klein modal boxer briefs, and I am a huge fan of mobile. I mean, if any of my viewers or people listening, they know I constantly say how good bamboo and modal are because I just feel it's so much softer than cotton. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much it. I, you know, I did, I also had these like pair of poppy boxer briefs from my husband, which were really cool. I like those. But it wasn't really anything too wild, per se, right? I think a shift came later on. You know, we took a trip to Portugal, Portugal and Spain. This was back in, I think, 2018 or 2019. It was, it was right before COVID hit. And we took a trip to, to Portugal and Spain. And I got to see the first Intimissimi store. Oh, yes. In Europe. And... We went in and I was kind of surprised. I'm like, wow, like this is a store. Yeah, it has women's underwear, of course, but this store also had men's underwear and it was European and it was to me exotic and it was, it was different, right? It's so, amazing. Yeah, no, I love Intimacy. So I bought these two, so they call them trunks or, or boxes and depending on which language you know you're looking at their website but they're essentially square cut trunks and so i bought them it was these two pairs one was dark blue with a light blue stitching and another one was dark gray with like this olive green stitching and i bought them because one i really wanted to buy this european underwear right mm-hmm. and two i bought them because i have a thing for contrast like just in life, I really like contrasting colors. So what really stood out to me with these two pairs of trunks was was the contrast between like the fabric itself and the stitching. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. So I bought those two. And then I also bought this pair of microfiber trunks in solid green. And I remember getting them and it was just a different experience, right? Like it, it, again, it just felt exotic. It felt different. And it was really short, exceptionally short. And I remember like looking at the guys like on the website, I'm like, oh, you know, that's not so bad. It's, it's shorter, but it's okay. You know, it's European, of course. But then I got them. I'm like, whoa, this is short. And it was so short that in fact, at the time, like, I was almost embarrassed to wear them. Because I'm like, this is just so revealing. So, See, that's you know. funny because you getting trunks revealing when we have so many guys wearing so much less 
That's funny. That yeah, is funny. Yeah, no, 100%. And at the time, you know, looking back on it, it was like, wow, like this is like nothing now, right? Because now I wear all sorts of styles. So it's completely different now. But at the time, this was just so new to me, you know? And really opening up my mind from like the standard US style boxer briefs, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I slowly got used to them. It was a slow process, but eventually I got more comfortable. And, you know, I really liked the microfiber uh, trunks that I got from Intimissimi, not so much the, the two, the blue and the gray ones with the different colored stitching, because I made a, I made a flaw in purchasing. And, Uh-oh. and that flaw was that the two trunks with the different colored stitching were cotton-based, remember you know from the past few years all i wore was basically like microfiber and and modal so going back to cotton it hit me i'm like whoa like i can't wear this (laughs) like i'm wearing a diaper yeah it's thick it's hot i'm like not like hot in a good way just like hot and i'm like yeah no but the microfiber ones i got were really cool. So, you know, I still wear the microfiber intimacies, you know, every now and then. The ones with the the cotton ones with the stitching, I still have them, but I, I probably haven't worn them in many months. So so that was that. So then I then started branching out into other brands. I remember Mac Weldon was my mm-hmm. brand that I branched into. So I bought a pair. I think my first Mac Weldon pair was right before COVID as well, along the, I think it was along the same time as the intimacy ones or right after we got back. But then I bought some more like after COVID and stuff like that. So I really enjoy Mac Weldon. I have quite a few pairs in my collection, but I would say the third phase of my underwear experience, if you will, was really starting the blog in 2021. So what made you start an underwear blog? As someone who started one himself, I'm always curious as to, you know, why did you start a blog? What was your purpose at the time? And then how has it evolved over time? Because speaking for myself, if you look back at my blog from when I first started till now, you see several iterations of content, you know, burnout, uh, you know, all the fun things you go through with the blog. So what made you want to put a blog out there? Yeah, I mean, first, like, I could talk all day about the blog and business, you know, because, I mean, you know this, like, it's just, like, when you're writing a blog and you're a content creator, everyone looks at the content you put out, but there's, like, real business decisions that happen behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. You know, and I think a lot of that is just never talked about. But anyway, going back to your question. So, you know, I I suffer from anxiety and depression. I've had it pretty much all my life. Um, you know, Yay. Us yeah. unite. Yeah. I mean, I can even going back to, you know, middle school and high school, you know, even though I wasn't diagnosed, obviously I can look back and be like, yeah, you know, I had anxiety and depression. So... It's been kind of a struggle. My most recent depression episode started in about 2017, 2018. You know, my, before that, I had actually come off medication in 2013 or something like that. So I had like a good four-year gap 
in between episodes. So for me, it's more of an episodic, episodic kind of depression, where it's just like not just like a flat linear kind of thing. But anyway, my most recent depression episode started in 2018. You know, I'd gone through meds, I'd gone through therapy, I did CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which helped a, a bit. You know, I still kind of use that today, but I, it was still there. And after COVID, you know, my husband and I removed from Los Angeles, from, you know, where we lived to Texas. And oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, involuntary response. Um, yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, at a later time too, but we moved to Texas and for a little bit, it was fun and exciting. It was really great. We moved to Austin, like everyone else was at, the, but then of course it just, it kind of went back to depression and anxiety. So, you know, I'd still been seeing a therapist at the time. And one of the things that the therapist, he had, he had started talking to him. He's like, you know, you should really find some sort of creative outlet outside of work. And, you know, I, I worked a nine to six, basically. I don't know why people say nine to five. Most people work nine to six nowadays. Nine to yeah. six, because they don't give you free lunch. Huh? Yeah. So let's just call it like it is, nine to six, eight to six, even, whatever. But I was working a day job. And, you know, he was saying, like, you need some sort of creative outlet. You need something else to express your creativity. And one of the things that I actually liked doing was writing. So even at work when I was asked to like write things or write documents, even like, like legal type documents, like I actually found it fun. So uh, we, we are so different. Yeah. So we were similar a few minutes ago. Now we're really different. <laughs> See, well, I am dyslexic. Oh yeah. yeah. So writing is one of the things is the most stress inducing thing I can do at work. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It I can see that. is just, I can do it, but it takes work. Yeah. And I will say ChatGPT has been a godsend. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because I can write some crap. I mean, total crap. And tell it, hey, expand on this a little bit. And granted, it doesn't always give me what I want, but it gives me ideas that I can go off of. And I'm like, oh, yes, yes, I like this. Okay, I can go with this. Or I'll expand on this. Or... I don't like where you're going, but I see, and I can do this. Right. So that takes the anxiety away. Cause when they're like here, right. And I'm like, bitch, no, I'm no, no. Uh, uh. so, and I've had arguments and issues at work about it because they don't understand. And I'm just like, okay, the more you stress me out, the worse this gets, yeah. just so you know. Yeah. So, and it's ironic that I've run a blog since 2008. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think ChatGPT is definitely going to take over the world or like these AI kind of things that are coming out about it. Oh, I use it all the time, but I don't just like drag and drop. I have to change things. I told people that. I'm like, I'm like, if you just drag and drop, you're stupid, but you got to make it your own. But I'm really glad it's helping you. Like, I think that's amazing and really shows how technology can, can really make an impact on everyday lives so that's great for you anyway, so you need back. to create a ballot and you would like to write yes i like to write so he told me to start a blog and you know one of the things i really like is data and charts i wrote my first blog about charts <laughs> and uh, i 
I found I basically I became bored myself after like six posts. Like this wasn't going anywhere. I I I bored myself, which is really hard to do, by the way. But I did. So I'm like, this isn't working. So I gave up and I went back to him. And he's like, Well, you gotta find something else. I'm like, I don't know what else to talk about. Like, that was my thing. He's like, Well, you gotta find something else to talk about. So I was thinking about it and I'm like, you know, maybe about underwear. It's kind of weird. So I, th- I remember I talked to my husband about it and we had like a real conversation. And, you know, my husband had, for since we had met, had always wanted to kind of create like an underwear website. So like, as soon as I talked to him about it, he's like, yeah, like you should go for it. Like completely supportive. And that's basically when it started. I went back to my therapist and it was so awkward telling him. Like I was so nervous telling him like, this is what I came up with. But he took it with ease and he was like, okay, great. You know, you should do that. And he's like, what is it going to be called? I'm like, well, it's mensunderguy.com. And you know what he told me? He was like, you know, I thought all of the best website names had already been taken. And he's like, you found a really good one. I'm like, oh, thank you. Um, Oh, so I true. So, I, so yeah, because maybe. true because when I came up with mine, I had to go through so many, and that was in two thousand eight. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I was shocked too, but I'm like, wow, this is great. So that's basically when the blog started. So that's how it developed. It came out of this need for me to basically have a creative outlet, something other than work that I could express myself and you know try to help my anxiety and depression by doing it and. You know, I launched a website in April 2021 with three articles, <laughs> three posts that I read. Hey. So it, it was just very bare bones at the time. And, you know, now more than two years later, you know, I, I can't believe how much it's taken off and how much of a thing it's become. Like, I could never have imagined that. I would actually be talking about men's underwear to the public, like like having conversations with other guys out there and expressing myself online. Like I'm an introvert, which is really mm-hmm. hard. And to then basically show myself on YouTube, you know, talking about underwear, like in my underwear with my face, like I could never have imagined this. And yet I'm doing it and I'm having fun and people are responding very positively to it. Yeah. And, and they're coming to you because they see you as the expert asking you for your opinion, reading what you're writing, commenting, you know, I still to this day look at my blog like it's a hobby because I don't think anyone is reading it, but I have tons of people reading it yeah. even to this day. And it, when I talk to people and they bring up something and I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. Okay. You actually read the blog. Oh, so I still feel like I'm talking to myself, but. But isn't that a cool feeling when someone like actually tells you, Hey, I read this or, Hey, you know, I, I know of you, I have a question. Like, like, doesn't it give you that kind of sense of like either pride or, happiness or something that people actually care and like care about what you're saying. Yes. And mine has gone through iterations 
every time I turn around, I look look through the blog and there's eras of the blog that I look through because there's the beginning because mine started with similar to yours. It was in 2008 when the downturn happened and the economy sucked and I had no job and I needed something to channel all my energy into to quit worrying about work and money. So I started the blog and did it the way I wanted to do it and had fun doing it. It grew. People came on, helped off and on. So I have different things where I had different guys writing in the last probably five years has been pretty much all me. And then we grow into, I started the podcast back in 2009, but it never went anywhere back then. I guess we were too early because you're ahead of your time, ahead of our time. We went through 2012 randomly. We never had a set schedule either. So that didn't help. And we wrote it back in 2018 and it's grown into what it's grown into. And we keep growing, which is amazing to me because a ton of people do that. And then the blog no longer really took my creative side and my anxiety away. It caused anxiety. Hmm. Um, so I've redone the blog from what I used to do. And, you know, I blog on my own terms. But, you know, I do what's good for me. And then that's when my drawing came into effect during COVID. Ah, gotcha. So I've always been creative. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I need to, I'm going to draw. And therefore, you know, I draw men in underwear and swimwear and, you know, various states of undress. It makes me happy. So that's what I do. Yeah, no, that's great. So so now, like, you basically, your creative outlets are the podcast, interviewing, and drawing art. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, the industry has also changed quite a bit from when I started. It's... It's gone from, because when I started, there were like maybe four big blogs at the time. And then two of them sort of quit shortly thereafter I started. So I sort of filled the gap and became one of the big ones, which still amazes me to this day. And you always run across people like, oh, yeah, I've read your blog for years. And I'm like, what? So it, it. It's its own world. And then now we have Instagram, we have social media, we have the influencer. Because I was just telling this the other day to a friend of mine. I was like, when I first started the blog, I got tons of free underwear. I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of underwear over the years. And now that it's the influencer, I don't get nearly. I rarely get underwear. A lot of them don't even send it out anymore. So I'm like, oh. I was like, my one perk for doing it, that's the main reason I started it, so I could still get good underwear, because I thought I was going to only be unemployed for no more than six months, and then I would quit the blog. Hmm. Well, now we see this is our, my 15th year in October. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Congratulations. So, yeah, it's, it's evolved and changed, and it will continue to evolve and change, and Because I've suffered through multiple bouts of burnout Mm -hmm. and multiple creative changes and people. And it's just you have to evolve and change as you go or you're just going to be like, forget it. I can't do this anymore. 
So that's yeah. what I've done because I used to do three posts a day and four posts a day. Oof. And well, when you have like six people helping you, easy to do. Yeah. But then when you go down back to just you doing it, I went from going from three posts a day to some days one post a day. Hmm. And I was like, you know, I was stuck in that mentality. Well, I have to do three a day. I have to do three a day. And then what I was writing was total crap. And I said, well, you know, let's go down to two. And then one day I was like, let's only do one today. That's all I care to do today. And so therefore I do that now on certain days. I don't feel like writing and it'll be one post today and that's it. So that's what I do now. And it's, it's a lot of fun to me. And I'm just like, I like doing it. I'll, there's creative side that now gets channeled into the podcast. And I think it resonates more with people when they get to hear something as opposed to reading it. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point because that's kind of what drove me to actually start the YouTube channel because I had never intended to do a YouTube. I actually had never even intended to show my face. It was like, obviously, like the blog is written in my own voice, right? It's very clear that I'm talking as a real person, but I never intended to show my face. It took me a while to even post photos on the blog of me in my underwear because I was just, just so embarrassed by it. But, you know, I think the difference between reading the blog itself and like the YouTube channel or like your podcast is the personal connection that people are able to get from seeing someone hearing their voice, you know, kind of like listening to them in real time that you can't get from just, essentially the written word on a blog. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the YouTube channel, for example, like I can't believe how much it's taken off, but, you know, almost all of like the questions I get, the, the commentary I get is through the YouTube channel or, you know, through Instagram. It's not through the blog. Occasionally people email me from the blog, which is great. Like I, I appreciate it. But really, I would say 80 to 90% of my conversations, my interactions with people occur through Instagram, whether that's commenting or DMs or through YouTube comments. And mm -hmm. like, it's just made it so much more fun to do it rather than kind of like this one-way flow of information, this one-way flow, flow of communication, which is I write the blog and people read it, right? So... I think that that's really just made me so much more happier about doing it. Exactly. And that's like when we first talked and I was running, I got uh, some health issues. So I sort of fell back and then I'm like, Oh my God, where did we talk? Oh my God, where was it? Was it on Twitter? Was it on here? I remember talking, I can't find you. And I had to scroll through my DMs on Instagram and I was like, oh my God, that was way back there. I was like, Jesus, I talk a lot on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, I didn't realize how many conversations I had in DMs on Instagram. Very chatty. I'm like, I turn around and it's like, two, and I send people messages and I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then the same goes for the podcast. 
we get a lot of feedback when we post and people are like, I like your latest issue or like your latest episode. And I have people who talk to me regularly about it. And then other people who just either discover it or just want to share. So it's really cool when people send us messages about the podcast, about hearing their own stories, hearing, you know, they're not alone. So it's really good that it, it came at the right time, I think. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to do. It's, it's allowed me to meet so many new people that I didn't meet through the blog, because like you said, it's one way and people don't really comment or send in information about the blog. Yeah, exactly. But the podcast really gets people sending in stuff and really it's good when they enjoy what you do and not just be like, okay, I'm reading your content. I like it, but you know, I'm never going to tell you that. And I think, you know, that's also something for me just in terms of like the reward feedback system, right. Is that I, in life, I tend to do better when I feel that people appreciate what I do. So Mm -hmm. basically going from like just the written blog into YouTube and Instagram, um, really YouTube, to be honest, and hearing like in real time, positive feedback and, and comments and stuff like that, it makes me more want to do it, which then means I do more of it, which increases the feedback and the comments. And it's like this virtuous loop. And oh yes, I really appreciate that. Especially when I don't put out a podcast week and people are like, where's the podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I'm going, uh, I was like, usually it's like, sometimes I just need a week off. Really. I just need a week off. And other times it's like, look, nobody recorded. I can't do anything. I'm trying people. I've asked 20 people and two said maybe. And the show I was supposed to do fell apart at the last minute. So... I'm trying to get content together as much as I can. So, so that happens and everyone has to be aware of that, that it's, I can't just record like 50 podcasts in a week and then expect people to come on the show when it's like, when's my podcast coming out six months from now? I try to make it no more than a few weeks. I'm like three weeks, maybe four is a good area to be in. But anything more than that, I'm like, it's not really fair to the person to be like all excited to do the podcast and then have to wait months to have it come out. So try not to record them too far ahead of time. But every so often, it's like a podcasting flood where everyone's like, I can do it this week. And usually when that happens, I'm like, okay, I have three in front of you already and it's not coming out till this week. Is that good? And they're like, okay. So if they know going into it, I'll do it. But yeah, no. That's yeah. I, I remember you were mentioning that I think on one of the recent podcasts or something like that about the lag time between recording mm-hmm. and coming out. And you know, I think in general, one of the things that I've learned from this process is content creation is is pretty hard. <laughs> um, yes, it is. You know, it, it seems easy, and like for me, I don't know if, if you have those too, like. I have like all of these ideas in my head, right? Like I have all this excitement, all these things I want to do, but the process of actually creating that content, Mm -hmm. it's 
it's not as easy as it sounds in your head. <laughs> no. And when you mix in other people, schedules, time zones, et cetera, it gets infinitely more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens with podcasts. Cause I have all these great show ideas. I have a list of show ideas that I want to do, but I have to find the people to be on them, which is easy in concept. You'll get the guys. Yeah. The great, let's do the show. Then you have to schedule it. Mm -hmm. And when you're dealing with, you know, four guys, different time zones, this is when it's just us based. You got to deal with everything going on and then work and all these other things that sometimes you schedule it and it doesn't happen. And other times, you know, it does and you're very happy, but it's, it's a lot of work scheduling. I was like, I was telling John on our podcast, I just need someone to help me with scheduling. You know, I need someone to help me find people and schedule. That's what I need help with. I was like, the editing is easy. I hate doing it, but it's easy. Uh, the rest of it is okay. But it's like, that takes up more time than anything. Yeah. And it annoys me because some people, I like sending emails because I can put a lot of information in an email. And put everything everyone needs to know. But people don't read their emails. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I have to text you people, read your email. Because everything's in there. I'm not doing a text of this long for you people. Or I need something from people and they don't send it. Or it's like, okay, I need this. And no one responds. So I'm just like... <sighs> So, yeah, it's it's difficult to do at times and coordinating people and schedules and brands. And I'm trying to get more brands on. And it's just a, it's just a nightmare, just a nightmare. But I enjoy I doing it. So I will keep doing it. It's the nightmare I enjoy doing. So it well, pays off in the long going. run. Yeah. I mean, it pays I, off. I mean, yeah. So I personally agree with that. Like, that's what keeps me going, too. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's crazy. So your partner is 100% supportive of you. Yes. And your underwear, which is yeah. amazing because so many people out there. I've had people on the blog whose partner never knew they were for an underwear blog. I have run across people who have underwear, you know, social media and their partners never knew. And so it's great when you meet another content creator whose partner is super supportive who enjoys it because I've gone on dates where it is told what I do and they look at me like I run you know like a rent boy site and they're like what you do what and it's like okay this is not gonna go very far I can see that because <laughs> you get one of I get one of two reactions the you do what? Or the, oh my God, that's so amazing. You turned in something you like into a business. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can, it's going somewhere with you. So your partner's supportive. Does he like underwear as well? Or is he just the supportive husband who enjoys seeing you do something you love? Um, I would say 
definitely 100% supportive of him. He's been 100% supportive from the very beginning. I would definitely say that I am far more into underwear than he is. But I, there, he does definitely enjoy different aspects of underwear with me, um, which is really cool. And I think recently I was able to convert his underwear drawer, you know, away from, you know, the standard champions and Hanes into uh, stuff that I actually really like and I really like for him to wear. So that's been that's, a really cool process. Um, that's a win. That's definitely a win. And I think it was also a really cool process in kind of, I'd almost say like more bonding together, right? On a personal level, uh, a personal relationship level, you know? So it was both an enjoyment factor, but something also like, wow, this this feels really good between us. Um, so that that really helped as well. But yeah, I mean, he's always been supportive. I have, of course, way more underwear than he does. But, um, you know, it, it's good. It's, it's fun. And, you know, that he also really likes it on me as well. And he likes what I do. And he actually cares a lot about the business aspect of it as well. Um, I, I, I mean, I couldn't ask for more. <laughs> nice. Are you at least the same size so you can wear underwear? Yes. Yeah, so, so we, do, we do we do share we you know and that's also kind of i think what's helpful too so you know recently so we lived in texas for the past three years and recently we left texas to go travel around the world with that we had to give up everything we had to give up all of our furniture mm-hmm. all of our possessions we were only able to store you know a, a few boxes of like memorabilia and important documents that like my parents and his parents and everything else, you know, had to fit in two carry on suitcases and two backpacks, right? That's our life right now. So with that, I had to drastically cut down on my underwear collection. Oh, that's a shame. It was really tough and it's kind of weird. Um, you know, for anyone, probably anyone who's listening can understand that, but anyone who's outside of listening, probably doesn't understand the the concept of having to sit there and go through your underwear collection and figure out what is it that I want to keep and what is it that I don't want to keep. Oh, that's painful. Very painful. So this is what I had to do. And I actually had to do it in two parts because it was just so hard for me to decide. I really enjoy my underwear collection, right? So this isn't an easy decision, but... One thing that really helped was my husband. I remember he actually told me this because I, I, I remember he was going through his stuff, right? Like his clothing, clothing and stuff. And I saw that he had put all of his underwear in like the discard pile. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I think I would like to help you. You know, why don't I take some of your underwear so that way you can like keep it as we travel? Oh, that's and a husband. And I'm like, oh, oh, really? That's love. Yeah. So it was really cool. So like now, you know, even today, it's not that like, I, I don't want people to think like, oh, well, we just have like one number drawer that just like, it's a free for all, right? Like we do have our own quote, separate collections, but, you know, I was able to basically design his collection. I chose pieces that I thought he would really love. He's a hundred percent boxer briefs. 
so like I keep all of the other non-boxer reads to myself, but, um, you know, I, I think it's been really cool. And it's also really been actually interesting getting his feedback from some of the different pairs, right. That I may have had a different reaction to, or I may have different had thoughts about it, but he comes in and he's like, Oh, well, you know, there's this or there's that. Um, so it's all, almost kind of like my own little guinea pig kind of in a sense to understand. Nice. So that's been really helpful as well. Nice. See, I've never dated, I'm too tall and I've never dated anyone near my size. So, uh, yeah. No, well, we actually, mm. uh, we do share, we share some clothing, um, not as much as we could, but. Yeah, I mean, we do we do share different pieces of clothing as well, outside of underwear as well. I'm a giant, so, yeah. <laughs> I never date anyone. I barely date anyone over six feet, so that's usually oh. been my... I'm 6'4", and then everyone oh. I date is usually 5'10 and under, so... Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh. yeah, yeah, no, no. No, no, no sharing clothes, no sharing underwear, no, nope, sorry. So that's my life. Would you, if you could, like if you, you found something that was similar in sizes, would you do it? Oh, hell, I would do it in a heartbeat. It's just finding someone, A, tall, and B, the hardest part is finding someone who's in underwear. So, yeah. But a friend of mine pointed this out the other day. He goes, look at it this way. I go, what? He goes, just think of all the more of the money underwear you have to spend on underwear if your partner is not into it. I said, now that's a good way to look at it. Because if he's in underwear, he's going to want to buy. Uh, <laughs> but if he's not, I can spend. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a positive spin on it. Good, good. I like that. I like that. He goes, yeah, because if you're both in underwear, you want to spend all your money on underwear. And I'm like, well, it's not a bad thing, but true, true, true. You know, with that, actually, you just uh, made me think of something. What are your thoughts on partners or husbands or whatever wearing the same underwear because i actually have a very specific thought on this oh i love that i've done that before i take it you don't like it no so this is something um that just doesn't apply to underwear but like you know even if like we're going out right if we're wearing someone of a similar color or someone similar clothing i change i I do not want us to be wearing the same clothing. <laughs> well, clothing, house. I agree, but underwear, because I've worn, you know, no, I like the exact same pair. I that we're wearing the exact same pair of underwear together. I love that. Hmm. Knowing he's wearing the exact same pair, I am. Yeah, love I it. mean, I think a, I think quite a few guys like that, but for me, I, I, I don't know. There's something about it I just don't like. Clothing, I'm with you. Clothing, I cannot do matchy-matchy because you come down wearing the same thing. You're just like, no. But underwear, because nobody's going to see it except for us or whoever we choose to see it. I'm like, super hot. Super hot to me. Yeah, that's not Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So if anybody wants to buy me matching underwear, feel free. Send it over. I'll wear it today wherever day you want me to wear it. Oh, that's good. But yeah, yeah. Not, not for me. I, I don't know. I, I like the feeling of having our own, like, different underwear on, so. Well, I'm weird. I just. I'm weird. To each their own. There is no wrong answer in underwear. Yeah. 
Just saying. So we'll wrap it up there. Um, we definitely will have you on. I have some show ideas after we get off here. I'm not going to share them on there. You have to wait, people. You don't get to hear everything on the podcast, even if you are a Patreon member. So, but uh, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. So, uh, there's my blog at mensunderguy.com. Very easy to remember. And YouTube and Instagram, same thing at men's, men's under a guide. Um, definitely like, follow, and feel free to DM me. Leave comments. I'm very open to talk. Yes, he is. We've had many conversations. Um, thank you for coming on. You can find me at UNB Tim on everything social. And find the blog, listen to all our back issues of podcasts, even the horrible winter underwear. But, you know, you got to have a bad episode to appreciate the good. Look at it that way. Remember, in every, you can't have a rainbow without rain. So look at it that way, people. Oh, that's good. I never heard that before. Oh, yeah, that's an old one. You can't have a rainbow without rain. Um, so, yeah, you got to have bad with good. That's why it's still up. Someone goes, we well, should take it down. And I'm like, no, you need, you need appreciation. You need to know you suck at times and you know you're really good at other times. So, But yeah, thank you, everyone. Have an amazing week and we will have another podcast for you soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you hear, consider supporting us at Patreon at patreon.com slash UNB blog. Follow us on social media. You can follow the blog at UNB blog on Twitter and Instagram. Read the blog at unbblog.com. Also follow me if you like art or anything else fun and underwear at UNB Tim on Instagram and also Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll have more podcasts at you very soon. Bye.